This is Amber Ose, and today we are doing a special podcast about Women's History Month for the Today's Air Defender podcast here at Fort Seal, Oklahoma. And our special guest today is CW5 Chief Babers, and she is joining us from Sumter, South Carolina. How you doing, Chief? I'm doing good, ma'am. I just thank you for inviting me to the show. I am honored to be the guest speaker for today. Awesome. Okay, well, there's a couple questions that I want to ask you and just have a kind of conversation about um, with you about some stuff. Um, first of all, congratulations on being a CW5 in the United States Army. Thank you. I know that's a, a privilege and an honor and, you know, not many people get to that position in their career. Um, whether they're female or male or whatever, it doesn't matter. That's still a hard position to achieve. And so I just want to congratulate you on that and um, just kind of ask you some questions about it. You know, what what does it feel like to to reach that rank um, and, and to be a woman to do so and also the first woman in air defense to ever do it? Well, ma'am, I think that um, I am I am definitely uh, honored to be the first CW5 air, air defender in the branch. Um, I can tell you um, when I was a young W1, I never thought that I would be the first CW5 in the branch. Uh, there were so many other females that came along long before me. And I would often go to a couple of them for advice, you know, when I had those roadblocks in my career. Uh, and if I'm being honest, I got some of the best advice from the other females that were in the branch long before I came through. Mm-hmm. So what kind of advice did they give you? So one of the things I think I, I struggled with a little bit more was uh, in the in the first unit I got into was I was the only female. So, you know, and I, I just would go to them, you know, just ask them like general questions about, you know, you know, uh, how do I make this work? And is, is it OK to ask for the help that, you know, you need some time and to lean on some of the other other one officers in the branch and, you know, Mm-hmm. It worked out really good. So, because they gave me guidance on, you know, if you don't feel comfortable, you know, maybe look at this versus that, you know. Yeah. And what, like, whenever you went to get into your specialty, what yes. what is it that you're the SME on? So, when I first joined the Warren Officer Corps, I was a what we call a 140 Echo, which was both, you know, air defense maintenance and air defense tactics. So over the years, we we kind of split the MOS to have a maintenance MOS and as well as a tactical MOS. So I am now a 140 kilo, which is a tactical MOS. So okay. I, I do a lot of the, you know, the inside, you know, air defense, you know, like the big stuff, the engagements versus just going out, you know, doing maintenance on the radar. So uh, they have you at Sumter's now. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there and what your position's like there? So, yes, I am. I, I'm actually uh, in 32nd double AMDC, but I am the liaison officer here in, in Shaw. And I kind of support the uh, the 32nd on a lot of the efforts that they deal with, with RSENT, you know, as far as like making sure we have what we need in terms of move, moving, you know, units in and out of the AOR. Uh, you know, just anything big that the unit needs, 
you know, me to push. I'm here to do that uh, for them and to make sure we have a voice in some of the fights. Okay. So are you currently a part of like any, um, are you doing any type of mentorship or anything for maybe young females out there in the air defense that are trying to come up? So I have been actually looking for a couple of females uh, to come along. Uh, fortunately, uh, most of the, the people that approach me are male soldiers, mm -hmm. uh, but I am definitely um, sending a shout out for the females. If you're looking to become a, a air defense one officer, I am definitely here. Feel free to reach out anytime you want. <laughs> okay, awesome. And so what is it, I mean, you know, being African-American as well, what does it mean to you to be in your position being an African-American and being a female, you know, just for Women's History Month? Well, it's, it's definitely an honor to be in the, in the, in the military period. I, I actually think about like some of the females who came along long before I came around, you know, to, you know, just to pave the way for me to even have a choice in what MOS I want to choose, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I I think that you know when I was a young soldier I I, I remember the time when uh, my first one had a tasker and it was in a shore red uh, air defense unit and they was doing a live fire and the tasker required like two two soldiers it didn't specify gender it just says two soldiers so I got selected to go to this this tasker when I got to the tasker. Um, you know, the requirement was for two male soldiers, but they didn't outline that in the task when it first came down. So they asked that I call my change of command and, and, you know, and say, hey, you know, I need to be swapped out with a male soldier. Well, my first son came back online and he said, you know, I don't have a, um, a another soldier. So it's either, you know, at the time PFC Bell or no one, you know, mm -hmm. you'll have that one soldier. So I went out, you know, and I did the best job I can, but now, and when I look at that same MOS today, there are a, a number of females in that MOS and it just brings a smile to my heart because it just tells me that, you know, we as females, we can do anything we put our mind to, you know? Mm hmm I do agree. And I think afforded the opportunities, you know, there's a lot of people who want to take advantage of and a lot of females and people maybe who couldn't want to take advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, I'm glad that you did. Um, do you have anything you know specific that just women's history in general means to you and like maybe um something in your family or any ties that you have with anyone else in the military so in in my family i i remember my mom you know always would tell me she worked in a, a job that was male dominant mm -hmm. and you know she was a welder and i mean you know, little females are in the job, and I'm sure there's more now. At the time when she crossed into that field, there were there were no females. She was the only female on the floor, in, in at least in the area she worked in. And I remember her saying how difficult and how challenging it was. But, you know, now that I think about it, I said, well, you know, maybe you paid the way with, you know, you speaking up at the time, you know, maybe paved the way for some other females to feel comfortable working in that environment now, you know, cause now she tells me there's a number of female that's in that, you know, in the, in, in the, in the welding field, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, you know, as far as the glass ceilings go, there has been a big change you know, just within the last 10 years, especially for the military, 
And I, I do think it's great that everyone has kind of afforded the opportunity to do the job that they want to do and, you know, that they set out to do. And there's really nothing there stopping them from, from doing that. So um, what would you say to maybe some females that are thinking that air defense might not be for them? What would you say to them? First, I would tell them, you know, to have confidence, you know, in their ability to do this job, you know, it's, it's not hard, you know, you just have to do your part, you know. And then I would say, you know, you should be, you should have the opportunity to attempt anything you want to try. And, and I would actually tell them, I know, you know, sometimes the job may have some physical limitations, but don't let the restraints, you know, that others put on you stop you from doing it, you know. Mm -hmm. And that the only obstacle in your way is yourself. That's good. That's good advice. So, yeah, so I, I, I think that if I had to add anything, uh, and I, and I kind of understand why uh, a lot of females, you know, may choose not to come into the branch or as a warrant officer. They are in the branch, but they may be a little hesitant about coming into the branch. Mm -hmm. I would say that... Um, you know, I, I understand that we all have kids and, you know, we all been down that path before, you know. Um, what I found that worked for me, and I and I don't think I got it figured out, you know, the family life versus work life. And I know it's long hours, but I would tell them, you know, hey, you know, lean on the other other females in your units because, you know, you know, you are, you, although you may not have a plan, you know, you can lean on each other because, you know, I think that's what I did along the way with my daughter. You know, I had other female warrants and we all had kids, you know, mm -hmm. and we would just, you know, kind of see who who didn't have to go to the field this week versus who had to be out in the field. And we would just, you know, talk to each other and say, hey, can you watch our kids? Because we kind of trusted each other enough to know that we had each other back when it came to kids. You know, and it, it helped me through my career. And I know that if you lean on on the others, we got your back. Was there a time that you had to be, you know, deployed overseas and, and be away from your daughter? I have been deployed, I want to say about 80% of her, her life. Um, um, but I could tell you this, you know, technology has came a long way. Um, we have FaceTime, you know, I, I, when she got ready to go to dances and stuff, she would FaceTime me, hey, you know, mom, what does this dress look like? You know, uh, would you think this is appropriate for the event I'm going to? So. Although I wasn't physically there, I still was able to be a part of her life through Facebook, you know, uh, FaceTime and all these apps. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. How old's your daughter now? She's 23 years old. Oh, she's grown up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank well, that's God. great. <laughs> well, that's great. You sound like you're a great mom. Um, did you ever, did you have any other people in your family that served in the military? So I... Uh, I had my father, he did uh, four years in the military and, you know, I guess he figured it wasn't for him. Mm -hmm. And my uncle who, who did 25 years of uh, Army Reserve time. But, you know, as far as making a career out of it, I think I actually hold that title for the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, where are you originally from? I'm from uh, Tuskegee, Alabama. Okay. That's cool. So uh, as long as you've been in now, what are all the different places that you've gotten to go to and see? So I have been in the, in the, in the deployed areas. I have been to every location Patriot can go. 
Uh, and state, you know, I've been to Germany. I did a, two tours in Germany. I did a tour in Korea. Uh, and then, of course, I spent my time at Fort Bliss, Texas, mm -hmm. uh, Fort Bragg. I, you know, didn't have the honor of going to Fort Seal, but I did training at Fort Seal. So I was never stationed there, but I did training there. Uh, I, and I served some time at Fort Hood, Texas. Awesome. So which one was your favorite? I would have to say that I enjoyed being at Fort Bragg as well as uh, Fort Hood, Texas. Okay. Any any reason why? So, you know, when you when sometimes I realize, I mean, I had to realize that when you make the move for, uh, you know, for you know for PCS moves, I had to take family in consideration. Mm -hmm. So I I think when my husband retired, he he actually enjoyed Fort Hood. So. He, you know, he he's a Bowden guy, so he would like to go out on the lake, and he just enjoyed just the environment at Fort Hood. So, and, it, and you know, over the years, it became my favorite as well. Uh, Fort Bragg, I've, I've been here, you know, I've been there for a, a minute or two, and it's just one of those stations that kind of grew on me. So, mm -hmm. and it's it's located actually pretty well. I can get to Atlanta or wherever I need to go, uh, on you know, on a four-day weekend if I needed to go, and it's seven hours from home as my mother get older i know that i can get there in a you know a decent amount of hours there you go awesome i know a lot of people they say it's overseas but that makes sense if you were trying to be close to family as well i think we covered all of the questions if there's anything else that you think we need to kind of discuss um well i, I, I think we hit everything um i just want to say to all the females that are serving their country, you know, I'm absolutely proud of you. Um, it takes a lot to, you know, try to you know, balance your life with family and, and, and kids and spouses. And, you know, sometimes it works for you and sometimes it don't. But I can tell you from CW5 Babers, I am absolutely proud of each of you females that are serving in the formations out there. And there you go. Again, this is Amber Osei with today's Air Defender, and that concludes our fifth podcast um, that we have from here at Fort Sill. And our special guest today was CW5 um, Babers from Sumter, South Carolina.